0: Let's go.
1: And Miss Bev and asking you to give to donate to the Bev Smith Show this holiday season. Help keep us talking freely on your favorite radio station. Just go to the BevSmithShow.net, click on donate, and make this a happy holiday for us. About oh, in the 70s. Yeah, it was the early 70s. I was listening to the radio. I've always been a talk show junkie. And a friend of mine, even when I'm on the radio doing talk, I listen to folks who do talk shows on radio and television. When I was reporting the news and anchoring, I watched other people. And I was listening to a show on a station that I later went to work for. And the gentleman who was a friend of mine who now is dead, Ray Coleman, was interviewing A man on the radio and he was saying things that not only touched my spirit and my heart but really kind of solidified what I had felt about myself about my people and about destiny and he kept talking so I got on the phone and I called my producer because I had a television show and I said to her, there's someone that I want to get on my show. I have to meet this man. He's from Israel, and I want to know if he's going to be in the country how long so I can get him on the show. So I called the radio station, and she called the radio station, and when I I got through, and I went on as a listener, and she got through to the producer, and I asked a question of this man. And then I said to him, I'm a talk show host. And Ray said, this is so-and-so, Bev Smith, blah, blah, blah. And I want want to interview you for my television show. So I decided that I would do it in my home. And so I invited him into my home for a one-on-one conversation. That grew into a love affair. He and I are sisters and brother. We are sister and brother. We formed a friendship that later turned into a documentary about Africans in Israel, and it was unbelievable. I took 11 people. Bob Johnson and the late Deborah Tang, who was the program director, said, take him. I called him up. I invited him to my home years later in Rockville, Maryland, when I was On NBC radio and BET television and he said how would you like to go to Israel now he had been asking me all along to go to Israel but for some reason I kept telling him no this time I said I'd love to go and right at that dinner table sitting with my brother I called Bob Johnson's office and Deborah Tang and the result is a documentary that you can still see and you can see him on the air. A couple of days ago, I pick up the telephone. Shalom, shalom, my sister. I said, who am I speaking to? He said, this is the prince. I started screaming. He'll tell you I started screaming because I had just talked about him. Brooke and I, we were talking about them, wondering where he was. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And I was talking to you, Brooke, wasn't I? And I was saying, I got to get in touch with the prince. We got to find the prince. I called every number that I had. But he called me. And I said to him, I want you to come on. I want you to tell us what's going on. I want you to talk to me about Chicago. I want you to tell me what's going on. And I want you to give us some advice before the new year on how we can get our people together. He is here tonight. And I want you to listen to him. And if you have children who can understand, pull them close. Because he has a story to tell. Please join me as we welcome a Boaz man. My brother,
2: Prince Arceal.
1: Thank you so much for joining us tonight, my brother. Shalom, shalom.
2: Shalom, shalom, my beloved sister and my beloved family listening across the country and the world. I can't say enough about Bev because it was her who launched me to the international arena in terms of public relations. And to this very day, she has caused the world to understand the significance of African Americans who returned back to the promised land in fulfillment of Dr. King's vision the day before he was brutally murdered, that God had allowed him to go to the mountaintop and look over and see the promised land. He said, I may not get there with you, but we as a people will get to the promised land. That was April of 68. In May of 68, we landed for the first time in 2,000 years back into that land, fulfilling not only Dr. King's utterance, but the utterance of Abraham, who predicted in the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis that no surety, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them and afflict them 400 years, and afterwards I will bring them back to their land. Well, God has kept his promise, and Beb as one of those voices of God that continues to speak truth to power, but most of all, spiritual truth to God's people, wherever they are found and whatever their color is.
1: I'm. Uh, I, I, I'm just so happy, as you heard me say. I couldn't believe it, I just started screaming, and he's used to me screaming, so he didn't go crazy when I started. Because your story is the story that has to be told, and it is never told enough. So let's begin with who you were before the truth, who you were, what you were doing before Israel, and then you take us on that journey. This is a story, holiday story of victory, a story of miracles, and a story of how we can overcome. Who were you before Israel?
2: I was one of those boys that you spoke about in your previous interview whose mother gave birth to a child and didn't know the depth of it. But that child was given a middle name, Matthew. And I asked my mother, why did you name me Matthew? She said, because God spoke to me and told me that you would be a special child. Well, during my growing-up years on the south side of Chicago, I began to notice that I would dream dreams that would have me saving people. I dreamed I was Superman. I dreamed I was one of those heroes that would always go after people who were in trouble. I didn't understand it then, but later on, when I was pledging the fraternity, the oldest fraternity in America, black fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha, and one of the things that you do in growing up and going across what they call the burning sands, there was a part of the ceremony where you closed your eyes and the song was being sung, Go down, Moses, go down in Egypt land, and tell old Pharaoh to let my people go. I had an epiphany that night, and when I opened my eyes, I saw myself as one of those servants to our God and his people. And from that time, I was trying to develop into a political scientist and a lawyer so that I would begin to see how I could legally support and politically guide our people out of those turbulent days of the 60s and 50s and 60s where we were facing the racism of the South, and I knew coming up in the North that we had a different approach to what needed to be done. It's the Empowerment Radio Network. Get empowered. And we'll just
1: talk, you and I, about what's happening in America.
0: Inspiring, motivating, empowering. It's the Empowerment Radio Network.
1: Well, let me get your definition, Mr. People Scholar, on what you call.
0: Progress. Empower yourself so that you can empower others. This is the Empowerment Radio Network. Get
1: empowered. Hi, uh, thank you for holding. Welcome to the Bev Smith Show.
0: Inspiring, motivating, empowering. This is the Bev Smith Show. Get empowered.
1: Welcome to the third hour of The Bev Smith Show. This is part one in a conversation we're having with Prince out. And we invited him because we need to listen. Radio is not only to talk, to, have, to talk, to have conversations, but it's to be informed, and it's to communicate. At least that's what The Bev Smith Show is all about. And I want you to listen to him because we need direction. We need a voice, and we need a strong voice. And Prince Asiel is a strong voice. The visit to Israel with the family in Israel changed all of us forever. We were at the Wailing Wall, and we're going to get back to his story, and we were there, and and we filmed everything. We had gone there with the African-Palestinians, yes, because after all Israel is an African, and so when He returned. He was returning to Africa, the continent, where life began. And so we were there, and one of my cameramen was an atheist. He was angry with God because his father-in-law had been like a father to him, and his father-in-law died before we took the trip to Israel. When we went to the Wailing Wall that night with the brothers in Israel, Prince, I don't know whether you remember him, Yes, I do. And he accepted God right there in Israel, broke down and cried. And when I was baptized, and you know what happened when I went in that water. Uh, uh, That was uh, unbelievable. It's in the book. It's unbelievable. Um, The other cameraman started crying because what was going on in the water. And you prayed for him. And he's in the School of Theology and is an assistant minister at his church. As hallelujah. We, yes, hallelujah is the word. Hallelujah is the word. Now back to your story. So you were one of those kids from the south side of Chicago, and you had a dream. And we don't want to minimize that because we, children will tell us dreams. Brooke is my godson, and he tells me his dream all the time. He says God told him to, to help save his people, to bring the word to his people. He does it on his own show. So you had a dream.
2: You had a dream told me. I can't never forget Marvin Gaye making the album, What's Going On? And one of the main tunes on there was Save the Baby, and God is My Friend. And so I used to listen to that, and it was then that I had another epiphany that it was time for me to connect with the vision to go to the Holy Land. And I met a man named L.A. Bryant, who later became Prince Shaliyah, who told me that my destiny was tied with the God of Israel and the people of Israel, and that what I was doing I needed to stop because it was time to begin the journey back to the beginning. And I didn't quite understand it then because I was not a Bible reader, but I understood spiritual things from a young age. And when I began to read the Bible, I didn't just read it as a novel. I understood it as if it was speaking directly to me in words, so I understand what Brooke is saying. So out of that came my connection to studying three and a half, four years' intense study of the biblical narrative and cross-referencing it with historical documents to make sure that I wasn't going off on some religious tangent because early in my life, uh, I lived across the street from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's brother, the Pools, and I began to attend those kind of spiritual revivals uh, in the early 50s and 60s. And then I had the great blessing of being connected to the Church of God in Christ, where Bishop Mason out of Mississippi, when he started his ministry, started talking about that the bishop said that we were descendants of the God of Israel, the children of Israel. And so as you know, Koji is built to 6.5 million or more people throughout the world, and they also are connected to believing that we, the African in America, are the children of Israel. And so from that beginning, I then by faith got on a plane and went to Israel and connected with the people already there. I was an Israelite before I went to Israel, and I was studying. I was working on going to the United Nations to argue the case that in 1948, uh, when the UN decided to petition Israel and for the Jewish people, we argued that they forgot to research further to see the African presence of descendants of the biblical Israelites. And so we were part of an organization called One Incorporated that began to develop that political and international strategy to give our people back their land, their language, and their culture. And so most people don't know that Dr. Ralph Bunch, who negotiated that agreement, was an African-American diplomat at the very highest level. So we've been intimately involved in the state of Israel from its inception and its beginning. So for me, it was me connecting the dots that were spiritually laid out for me to follow. And by faith, I did that. I got on that plane with a pregnant wife and two little girls with $800 in my pocket and never looked back. I went there and left my middle class comfort zone in America and slept on a rollaway bed and in one room with a wife and three children. That's how I began my journey back. And it wasn't beautiful, but it was the most fulfilling time that I could do because now my life began to have meaning and purpose. And the reason that I called you Beth is that the spirit was so strong that it said, "Call Beth. And the thing that you said to me on our initial conversation is a confirmation That you are who God told me you were when you first reached out for me in the 70s and I was invited to your home. So this journey is to confirm for you that you are part of God's redemptive process to the people. You're like the Queen Esther that you were called for such a time as this. It may not be popular, but it's prophetic what you're doing. And that you and other women like you across this country and across this world, I've been instrumental in my life and the lives of the redemption of god's people, and so about ten years ago, I did a a piece a treatment on Adam and Eve i taught, I called it the confession of Adam and the acquittal of Eve for more than six thousand years. The perception has been that the divine woman somehow tricked Adam. And I began to analyze it, that it was self-deception. And so I removed that curse that had been put on women long before the Pope said that he forgave women for what they did. We forgave women and told them that we are now reuniting. Because if you understand Hebrew, when you're reading about Adam, the man Adam was put to sleep, And the woman was made out of Adam. She wasn't a separate creation. God made the man and the woman out of the same substance. He was made out of the dirt, the earth, the the soil, but she came out of him, which meant that the woman that came out of Adam was the feminine part of him. And the reason that they used the word rib to describe the woman is that she protects his vital organs, his lungs, his, his heart, and all of the things that sustain life in the human body. That's what a woman does for the man. But when he lost his spiritual connection by telling God it was the woman he gave him rather than his wife, he then put the blame on God rather than take the responsibility for the self-deception by hiding from God and not revealing that it was him who put this scheme together to see what death was when god told him not to eat up the tree of of good and evil he wanted to see what death was and found that death wasn't going under the ground death was being disconnected from truth and reality and most of all spirit of the living god so having said that Me connecting back with you at this point in my life is significant because about seven years ago, while in West Africa, I was saying to myself that something is wrong with the community in Israel. We are not prospering the way God's people should prosper, and it's because some evil had infiltrated into the community. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it was time for us to go and see what it was so that we could root out. Then I realized that there was a parable that Yeshua, that the world called Jesus, said to his disciples, that while men slept, an enemy came and planted tares among the wheat. And they asked, should we uproot them now? He said, no, let them both grow together. But at the end, there will be a separation. Well, naturally, when we left. Hold America, that point.
1: Oh, hold that point. That, that, that's so powerful when we have to take a break. At the end, it was a separation. And then, before you go on, after you tell it, I want to get back to Adam and Eve for just a moment. That's powerful. And when he said, folks, that the moment he, I heard his voice, we're talking about forgiveness.
3: Hey homeboy, how come everywhere you go? You have to go in a limousine, man. Yeah, hey man, that's my thing. I know it's your thing, Every time I see you off a clean, you got your rings. Jerome, you know, you are know, uh, flash cash is what I need. I understand. I got the baddest cool, could never be the food. The latest way to get down with me. The love. I make superb, to doubt me is absurd. The latest and the greatest, you see.
0: Woo! I want to have Gaining access to the airwaves for such a time got. as this. The Transform your mind, find. change your thinking. This is the Beth Smith Show. All it
3: must be said I'm greatest in the bit, and when I love a lady, she's mine. Out. What it's all about.
1: We're learning tonight. Part one of a conversation that we'll have again before the end of the year. Probably tomorrow if he has some time. We're not going to have time to do it all. And then after we talk to him, because we're gonna, just going to listen, we'll open up the phones to get it off your chest Tuesday. We're talking to Prince Ossiel, and he deserves to be listened to, and he deserves to be heard.
3: but it can't.
1: Prince Osseo is our guest, and he's telling a story, and we're following the path that he took. Now, when he was telling the story, and that's my, we're going to take a couple of steps backwards after he finishes his point, because you need to hear what he was living like in Chicago before he heard the truth. And then you'll understand why he's making the changes that he's making. And you'll understand why I need him to help me get us to forgive each other in a ceremony where we can look each other in the face and say, black man, I'm sorry. And the black man can look us in the face and say, woman, that's why the prince's message about Eve and and Adam is so important. So we'll get back to that. Make your point. You were telling a story.
2: My point is, is that you hit the nail on the head. Forgiveness is the key when I was sat down by God last year in November. I went into the federal penitentiary because I was helping Africa restore its dignity. And I was told by the government of America that I needed permission from them to talk to black people in Africa that they didn't recognize. And so you mean I'm charged with not asking you if I can speak to a black man who wants to save black people. And they said, yeah. But I realized that God needed me to be still to hear his voice. And so when the Spirit told me that I would from that point on hear the pure voice of God, four months later at Passover, I held a meeting with 12 men and myself, 13 of us. And they said, Prince, this is symbolic of the Last Supper. I said, no, this is the First Supper of a new beginning for a new world and a new time in history. Because in 2012, myself and Sa Amiel flew up to Israel and declared the end of the Gentile world rule. We are now operating on the other side of Revelations. Revelation 22 talk about the new heaven and the new earth. So I'm saying to you, your call for forgiveness is the feminine balance of the call that the Spirit gave me. When I walked out after Passover, I told the brothers and sisters that the season called for forgiveness, and that everything that anybody has done to you, tell them you're sorry and you forgive them. I said it to the women, to the men, to the children that I've known. I said it to the people in Israel. I went on national television and said, I have no issues with ben me or any of the people. In fact, I'm recommitting myself to my God and his people to continue to be a servant. So you're absolutely right, Beth. Forgiveness is the key that's going to turn all of this around, because we're at a point in history. If you go back to the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel, the handwriting is on the wall, and it's saying that God is judging The world, not man is judging the world. God is judging the world. And the name Daniel means judgment, spiritual judgment. But it means mercy that God has sent messengers to the people to let them know what time it is. So you're hurling the voice of forgiveness is the message that I want the people to hear. You're not just talking about it in some ethereal way. You're talking about it in a very prophetic way and i come to bear witness of you and those like you that it is time now to return back to truth
1: let's step back for a moment and then we're moving forward because we're going to talk about what happened when you heard the message what you were doing then the two lives that you were living and how you changed your life how israel became your home because I I mean, when you talk about snakes, I told you the other day, I don't think I could have made that journey. I'll meet you in Israel when you get there. Because that was unbelievable, the way you had to live on this God journey, because that's what it is. And people are afraid, in my opinion, to say, God told me. Now, they will call a 1-800-give-me-your-fortune. I'd love to hear some of these horoscopes and things it's entertainment you know it's entertainment but there but there are those who can look at the stars they were called wise men when when Yeshua was born I was there you took me there I was there and so we have to say that in these times before we get to Eve in these times before we talk about Adam because you made some profound statements because you said that Adam, you know, we always think that the woman was tempted by evil, He was a fine man, who rapped. And she heard the rap, and she took him back, and her rap was so heavy, and you were so weak, because you were African, that you just surrendered, dear. You just did what the angels of his dominion did. You just had to lay with the human woman, and you just did it. And that was not what you were supposed to do. And they see that as the crime that caused us to be in. And that's all we're taught. But the real deal is what you said, Prince. You said they ate from the tree of knowledge. And that was the punishment they got. That was
2: what I learned in Israel. Did I learn the right thing? You learned not only the right thing, but let me give a little more clarity to it. It was self-deception of Adam trying to outwit God because he thought that if he put the woman up to go talk to the serpent that he wasn't supposed to talk to because he knew it was a tree of good and evil, that he could have plausible deniability. So when he was confronted by the Creator saying, why were you hiding from me? It said, the woman you gave me caused me to error. He didn't have the courage to say I sent her in there and I tried to deceive you and I only deceived myself because it's been that problem for 6,000 years. That's why we not only forgave you, all of the women on the planet, for what we have done, the spiritual man against the spiritual woman, but now that God has brought us back and we've confessed and humbled ourselves and turned away from our evil, wicked ways, is healing us and the land. So I'm saying to all of the strong brothers out there, tonight, go to your mother, your sister, your brother, and humble yourself and say, it is time now for me to accept the responsibility of what I've done in this world and created this chaos and confusion in the world by blaming you, the woman, and you, the weaker brother. not standing up. It was me, the strong man. I was bound by my arrogance and my temptation to outwit God because I had a choice. He told me, I put before you this day life and death, and then he gave me the answer, choose life and live. I choose death, and I've been dying ever since. And so we got on that plane and started the journey back to truth and back to God.
1: When we look at uh... Oh, you always say so many things, that just bullets. That you say it, you drop it, and I've got to come back to it. So, my dear beloved brother, you are saying that the man that God created has always been in competition since the first man to be God because look at what man has done. He can clone a sheep. He is mixing animals. He can get a dog... To- and a cat, and put them together, and call it, and everybody will go out and buy it, and put it on TV, and call it cute. Man is in competition with God. The other day we learned that the USDA and the federal government, which is supposed to work for us, but the politicians had said it was okay to alter, to alter salmon, to make. Salmon to clone salmon, and they did it and they added a couple things. The salmon is bigger, the salmon is well, let's get back to the food and man trying to play God after this.
0: conversation, grow your mind, and transform your thinking.
1: the conversation with a question for my brother can you spend some time with me tomorrow and then we can talk to the people who start off the night can you do that I'm saying before we get back to man playing God I want to ask you can we spend some time tomorrow
2: absolutely
1: and then we'll open up the phone lines and let people talk to you but for the Perfect. rest of the time that we have left, because we go off at the top of the aisle, I want you to get to this point. This is so heavy.
2: This, is, I mean, this is so heavy. You're more than glad to good. be back. Good, good,
1: oh. good. And then we'll open up the phone lines. It's the holiday time. We need to talk okay. about this. We need to talk about the spirit side of man, because a word says we wrestle not with flesh, and, flesh blood. and blood. Can I get a witness?
2: Spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities. Okay. And rulers of darkness <laughs> oh. of this world.
1: Hello. And so we need to get to that, that part of this discussion and open up the lines. But this whole thing about Adam and God. Yeah. So I'm I was imagining that creative imagination that you and I share. You know, Adam saying, I wonder how he did that. That's why God had to put Adam to sleep. When he took right. to the rib, because he knew right away that man would say, I'm going to make me another one of those, and I'm going to make right. it this way. Because literally, that's what they do now with the right. diet industry and the exercise industry. Make you men dictate how we should look, right? except for those who are free. and um, And you say what beauty is and that is a part of it, but the competition of man with God, the cloning, the going to the moon, the shooting a gun at the moon, allowing a woman with tuberculosis, a nurse who came to you, a doctor, head of a hospital and said, I have tuberculosis, a neonatal nurse, and now you're looking for babies that were born at that time who may have, the tuberculosis, and they have to give them a drug, and the drug is so strong that it causes kidney problems, drain, brain problems. I mean, man, what, was, what is the desire of man? I asked a couple of days ago, white women, what do you do when you give birth to a white male child and make that child hate so much and wanna kill so much? But is it outside of us? When you were created, Was it in you as a man?
2: The question has got to be a new beginning. Just like when you go to Genesis, that was not the beginning of the sun, moon, and stars. God was in the perfecting of this human that he was replicating in his image. And because it had not completed itself, It was a process that we have not yet understood. And what you're saying is the process. You see, I'm not blaming the white people or the yellow people or the brown people or any of the problems of the earth. I'm blaming the original man who disregarded the instructions of his creator. So subsequently he let loose a spirit that did not want to be guided and properly developed its maturity. Children are born with eyes and ears and fingers and toes, but they don't have the strength to stand up and use them when they're first born. It is a process to be able to get the children to walk. It's a process. Children are born with teeth, but they don't come out until there's a time in which they come out. The right and wrong of understanding your brain does not begin to develop into you in your early 20s, to know the difference between right and wrong. They don't understand this process called human development into God. Where God was talking about in the 82nd Psalms, know ye not that you are children of the Most High. And in in Ephesians that you talk about put on the whole armor of God, there was a reason why you had to have the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the sword of truth, and the helmet of salvation, because your brain needed to develop so that you would know what salvation and redemption was. For the world, you were to be a guide for the people that don't know. What you asked that white woman, she can't tell you. But you got it inside of you. That's why you on the radio today asking the question to get the answer from those like myself who have been born for this day and time. The writing is on the wall. Daniel was a Hebrew. If you go back to the book of Daniel, you'll find it was the Hebrew princes that was taken into ancient Babylon. It was the Hebrew prince that explained to the king that he would be the ruler. God, his God, was ruler of all mankind. I'm saying today that those men and women amongst America such as yourself and others, who now are the vessels and the vehicles to articulate how America and the world can turn itself back to sanity and harmony with the creative universal force called God.
1: So, you're telling me that the answer to my question, did you come out saying, I can do what God did, is that man must be born again and that is scriptural in hebrew yes it is scriptural you must be born again absolutely so when we this time we're talking about the spiritual birth but how do, how do you get and we're just talking about adam we haven't even got to eve we haven't gotten to eve how do you how do you be, do that with mankind when the species itself ha- has been cloned by adam
2: you see it's simple that was a question asked of Yeshua, jesus you know when that, when when nicodemus said can i go back I'm in my mother's womb he said i can't even have a discussion with you because if you don't know the small things i can't discuss the big things with you i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the renewing of your mind. The scripture tell you it's about the renewing of your mind. We're trying to tell you the science that discovered that the body has two brains, one in the head, which is called the logical brain, the Greek brain, and one in the heart. God promised, "I will give you a new heart," meaning a new understanding and a new mind. We've been trying to use logic and intelligence to discern God. When God is a spirit, and those who worship Him worship Him in spirit and truth. And what I mean by worship is that you got to work for it. You don't just get it by singing a song on a Sunday morning or a prayer at the mosque or the temple. You get it by showing that you know how to love your neighbor as yourself. That is the greatest of the commandments. It's to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. There is no difference between the male and the female, except that they got two different functions in the spiritual realm of developing a better world. And that's what we've done. I started an organization in Israel called Better World Israel, which gives us the authority to develop every aspect of the new human development. And this year fast Yom Kippur, we declared to the world the new heaven and the new earth is coming into existence. Most people thought it was like magic. You just close out one and start another. That's not the way it is. It's a process that we are being uh, developed to go through, and that's what you're doing. You're first alerting the people to be on the lookout and watch for the things that God has Showing them and speaking to them. The handwriting on the wall. And I'm here to discern the handwriting on the wall. That if you don't turn away from your evil, wicked ways, you will not see God. And the heaven that we're talking about is first creating it in your mind. You've been told all your life that if you can conceive it, you can, can you can achieve it. And I'm saying I've conceived the new heaven, absence of ignorance, violence, pain, disease, and all of the destructive nature that the lower man and woman have perpetuated to this very day. We've
1: been talking to Prince Asiel, and he's talking about a new concept, a new world. It is so possible. It is so possible. It is so possible. My people, my beloved people, it is so possible. For you to rise up and become God's child again. So part two, tomorrow we will pick yes. up and we'll get to the journey. We'll open up the phone lines and we will talk to the people and you just will spend how about spending the whole three hours with me. You got it. We and
2: got that's it. That's too
1: short. And uh, can I get a witness? Well then we have Hallelujah. to Then we then we have to do something about that, which is what we're talking about. As the new year comes. We have to come together.
0: Get empowered. Inspiring, motivating, empowering. This is the Bedsmith Smith Show. Get empowered. That's the boy.
1: Tonight you're listening to part one of a conversation with our beloved brother, and friend. I'm so glad God picked this time for him to come back into my life, Prince Alcee. Part two tomorrow. You can say that it's our holiday gift to you, this conversation from Brooke and Miss Bev, and Bev and Miss Brooke. <laughs> Miss Brooke, where did that come from? <laughs> about your mother. I wanted to add her and my mother. And so why don't I do that? Book's mother, Beverly. My mother, Isabella. This conversation, this conversation is needed for us. So, you know, get ready for part two tomorrow. It's a holiday gift. Wake up, African. Wake up, mankind. This is the day We got to change our ways, be reborn, and the prince is telling us how. Part 2 tomorrow. And, the prince and before we say goodnight and not goodbye, you'll be back tomorrow. We ask a question. Because for me, as a spiritual sensitive, I feel this is urgency time. It's time for us to put out a spiritual SOS. And as the prince has pointed out so well, and it's scientific, there is an order to things. And so, in the next conversation, we'll talk about order. We'll talk about how it got to order. And so, as we approach the top of the hour to say goodnight, I ask the question, is Adam ready for the work that God has him to do to save the people? Is Adam ready?
2: And I'm going to say absolutely, and I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it in the absolute. Because you remember... 2,000 years ago, they asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? They're asking the question today, can any good thing come out of the ghettos of America? See, the ghettos house God's chosen people, that is, people of purpose and destiny. And I'm an example that you can be transformed from that dirt to that living soul by getting the Spirit of God. See, man was the dust of the earth until God breathed the Spirit of life or truth in him, and he then became a living soul. So your voice and your listeners are about to get the resurrection message. All they got to do is be open to receive truth and not be afraid of it. Know ye the truth, and it shall set you and keep you free.
1: So you say, and you knew I was coming back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, we used to do this in Israel. This was just to be able. And Prince used to take me into, like, council meetings where I was the only woman. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing to sit at a council with men. And I am reminded of you taking me to the place beside where they say the body of Jesus was laid on a stone, the weeping stone. And the right. the crosses were lined up there. I'll never forget this. And we went up that hallway, and we had to be accepted by the Ethiopian priests that were inside praying. They right. prayed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What an yes. experience, all men. And women don't don't usually enter into the sanctuary. Right. And I, right. I was blessed again be- because you took me, and I, I shall never forget it. I shall never forget it. But back to being ready. Is he ready? or And if it's a formula, if he isn't ready, how do you prepare him to get ready? Because, you know, we played earlier Marvin's ego tripping. Right. You get people who will call up and want to discuss personal things about you. That's not the purpose of this. To defray the message, you'll have See, people who will say, "Well, you know, that was the way they lived." We're not even talking religion.
2: No, we're not, no, not talking at all.
1: religion. We're not talking about organized clubs to worship God. We're not talking no. about that. We're talking oh. about where it begins. And you, we've talked so much on this show. You hit Brooke and I just smiled. You said, "There's a brain and there's a heart." I didn't really know until I started studying that the heart has the same amount or maybe more blood vessels that operate independently and feed out, nourish, right. feed out. We're always given the concept of feeding in. No, really, right. it feeds out. So you wonder what is more powerful, the heart, uh, the brain, because you can live when your brain does, you can. your heart goes on,
2: right? Right. Right. You see, what you got to understand is that God did not leave man without a Geiger counter in him or GPS, meaning that the first organ to develop in the human fetus is the heart, and that's where God has programmed his message for man's purpose and destiny. We got cut off from the heart brain. That's why we're trying to figure this out logically. See, God is a spirit, and those who worship and serve that God can access the spirit of God. See, what you're doing is all spiritual, Beth. And that's why a lot of the callers be trying to make it a carnal conversation, and you refuse to fall into that trap. It is the spirit that gives life. See, in Hebrew, the word for man is ish, and the word for woman is isha which means that the woman is a little man. That's why I could take you into that meeting of men, because I wanted to reintroduce them to the new woman. The new woman is both male and female. She just has the spirit of protection of the male. And without her, he doesn't exist, which is why men have fallen completely away. God made it that way so that there would be no excuse blame anybody but yourself, man, for the problems that you're experiencing. You can't blame it on nobody, but you—and it is the spiritual man that ultimately must leave the carnal man back. He has to come, sit down, and listen to the voice of God in him coming from the voice of God outside of him through another human being. So, yes, I listen to a man— who was speaking to the God in me, and I heard the God in him, and the God in me heard it and went to teaching it across this world. So I'm looking for the strong men out there to join me, along with the strong women, to join us to create the strong children and make the new God family a reality on this planet.
1: And that might mean that because of the way we were created, I mean, my mother prays, and you know, Mom. They, by the way, she, they got home. Mommy got home safely. Thank you for the prayer. And Hallelujah. Th- uh, thank you for the prayer. You know she loves you. She told you so. She, she went, she, yeah, she got home safely. My brother and my sister, they got home. We have to go. And it's just for tonight. We will be back, and he is going to spend all evening with us. Okay. This is our holiday gift to you a lesson in this season that's supposed to be of love we'll get to that tomorrow and if it takes another day we'll get to that we have to change inside out until then my prince may god guide you safely through the night into the light of day
2: and we will talk and we will talk okay i love you forever my bev (laughs) and i love god's people and my people out there till tomorrow